for the Final Third Network. Uh, we're going to talk about insurance, long-term care insurance, uh, filial laws, and things like that that um, affect the uh, insurance world. And Matt, why don't you just sure. introduce things? Uh, Matt Barafato, the Elephant Hunter. Um, again, why we do this, and as you've heard, if you've watched any of our stuff, uh, is the final third. It's like, what are the issues that are on the table, challenges that people have in the final, when you're in the final third of life? And it just seems whenever you have a conversation at a barbecue, at a family event, or anything, if someone in the conversation is dealing with a parent or a grandparent, or even themselves, that they're caring for somebody. And it's like, it, this is like a common conversation with everybody now, it's not even- It's a dementia issue, Alzheimer's, long-term care, the right, whole thing. Right, it's not the one thing, it's like, yeah. it's, but it's a caring for that person. So when we, you know, um, I met Ron a number of years ago and, and um, we, as you were gonna set the stage in right. this, we're not trying to sell anybody right. anything, but right. it just happens. So I, I believe in full transparency right. and conversations without borders. So Matt has been selling insurance for a number of years. 35 years. 30 Five years. I just got my producer license in December 2018. I have yet to sell a policy, but it's a work in progress. And Ron is a guy that I go to, Matt and I go to, to get insurance, to find out who is offering the best products at what price and how do we solve this problem. So this is a network we need to work together. Uh, Ron represents 60, 100 different kind of insurance carriers. And so he is the expert in the room, right? He's the elephant in the room in terms of uh, talking about the long-term care and these kind of issues. So, Ron, why don't you introduce yourself to us? Tell us a little bit about your firm. And sure. Um, I've been in the long-term care industry for 23 years now. And as Matt said, uh, most people are talking about this particular problem through per personal family experience. And that's how I got into long-term care. I had an experience with my father who had a stroke and ended up in the hospital for a, a couple weeks. Um, I wasn't, didn't know anything about long-term care. I didn't know anything about Medicare, uh, what was covered uh, under Medicare for long-term care. And uh, to make a long story short, my dad ended up um, needing to go to a nursing home and they gave us a list they said, you're gonna to need to go to a nursing home uh, to get him admitted because, because he's not recovering, Medicare is not gonna pay for this. And that was the first experience that I had in what Medicare was. I was 45 at the time. And um, consequently, uh, after my father passed away, I thought that this was uh, an industry that was interesting and was not really, not very many people knew anything about long-term care at that time, what Medicare was gonna pay for long-term care. Um, and I started, uh, I got myself into the industry. I went, I went to work for one of the um, leading insurance companies, New York Life, mm -hmm. and, um, and studied long-term care. And I've been in this business now for 23 years. Wow. wow, so it's interesting, when you're sharing that, it's almost like every time a conversation starts, it's because someone's had a personal experience. And I really appreciate you sharing that. And I think what we're trying to, not I think, what we're trying to do is educate everybody. Educate them, educate you because there's some things you need to know that um, it's almost like everybody's where you were at when your dad was put, you know, all of a sudden you're in a nursing home and saying, oh no, how does that work? Um, I put a list of things that I want to make sure on the table. One of them was that and say, there's a lot of myths out there. And well, let's talk about that one first. You said about Medicare. And, you know, the biggest thing people say to me is, I'm not really worried. Medicare's going to take care of that. Right, Ron? But did I hear you say that Medicare only 
if only if there's a possibility of you recovering, Medicare will take care of it. If there doesn't appear to be a chance of you recovering, then Medicare does not pay for it. Exactly. Which is why we need long-term care. And, and another thing is that to qualify for recovery care, which is what Medicare will pay for, Medicare will pay for 20 days in a skilled nursing facility if you qualify for recovery care. And recovery care, there's a, a lot of different hurdles you have to jump over. And uh, because of the funding situation with Medicare today, it's harder and harder to get approved. You have to be in the hospital for three days as an inpatient, not for observation. Uh, observation, purposes. right. That's the, the, new, right? Op, this the new hurdle. As my, mom, my dad was in for a week, but he was still uh, observation. And they make you sign something when you go to the hospital today that you're there just for observation, not as an inpatient. Even if you're staying overnight two or three days or a week like you're dead. So um, it's getting harder and harder. You have to have that three days before you're admitted to a skilled nursing facility before Medicare will pay. Um, and then you have to be admitted within 30 days. It has to be for the same reason that you're in the hospital. And there's a bunch of other hurdles to get over. So um, if people are thinking that Medicare is going to pay for their long-term care, it's very, very difficult um, to, to qualify for that skilled nursing benefit for so, Medicare. So depending on who you're asking this question to, um, you're thrusted in, usually you're thrusted into this environment. Mom or dad or grandma or grandpa or one of your siblings goes into the hospital and all of a sudden your head's spinning and then you have to think about asking these questions because if you don't get them to determine that it's not observation, whatever, on one of those hurdles, we're all gonna be faced with that. And that's why this this is probably a topic for, this. just that topic alone could take up this Absolutely. whole episode. Absolutely. I think that we need to, I wanna make sure that we're covering that because that's something that people, they think, oh, this is gonna be handled and it's just really not if you're not careful. So what are, what do you, when you say, are, number one, you, this happens to you, what's the first thing you wanna be thinking yourself around? What would you say? That if you have someone, a loved one entering a hospital? Yes. Well, um, if they're going in for something that they're going to recover from, then if they if they fall into that category of three days as a, as an inpatient, not for observation, okay. that's the first the first, first trigger. One. Okay. Right? Um, but if you're going into a, a, a skilled nursing facility, let's say after a hip replacement surgery or after knee replacement surgery. Right. Um, and you haven't been in the hospital for three days, right. even though you had major surgery, you're not gonna get Medicare to pay for that particular thing. Oh so today what, what's happening is that uh, the hospitals are releasing you <laughs> before three days. Right. Quicker and Just because of that. Insane. Right, yeah. sending you home, and uh, that's crazy. And that's where you have to recover at that point. Are we at the point now where we are sliding an envelope full of $100 bills over to the doctor instead of the politician, Chicago style? Where it's like, hey, uh, I would really appreciate it if you admitted my mom and not just observed her. Well, let's draw a fine line to that. Because I, I know you're smir smirking as you said that, as we all grew up in Chicago. Right. The issue as a, uh, as I advise my clients who are doing just any health insurance things, um, to be a consumer of health care, you've got to ask questions such as, what are you charging for this service? Because I have a high deductible, I'm going to pay for that if I'm not. Right. Um, in that same category, is this a question that we can reverse to say, hey, if you don't admit me, or my mom, or, or this person to it, um, what's, I mean, you know he, he or she's had the surgery, come on, and is that worth having a conversation? I mean, I, me I would have the conversation. Is it going to do any good? Right, what do you think, Ron? Is that something well, that... Well, first of all, 
only about 23% of nursing home care is considered skilled care, which is recovery type care. Really? If, if it's not recovery care, in other words, in my dad's case, he had a stroke, he was not going to get better. Got it. That's considered a chronic situation. And right. Medicare will not cover any chronic situation pay, at pay all. Pay attention to that. That's important. So a good 75% of all long-term care is not considered wow. skilled care. Right. It has to be recovery care to be considered skilled care. And now with those extra hoops of having to be in the hospital right. for three days, right. having your doctor admit you within 30 days, it's harder and harder. So people that are buying a Medicare supplement are thinking, oh, I'm going to be covered right. for long-term care. But a Medicare supplement only covers the part that Medicare doesn't pay for. So you still have to qualify for Medicare first. Right. So just because someone has a supplement, they're not going to get covered for so that. The supplement only comes in handy if you got approved, if you're approved and qualify for regular Medicare. Right. All right. So Ron, you had talked about something called an Illinois Partnership Program, and also one of the scariest things that uh, that came across my desk was when you were talking a few weeks ago about something called filio laws, which exist in roughly 29 or 34 of the states. In a, in the United States, but why don't we go with the Illinois Partnership Program first, and then maybe uh, you know we'll, we'll touch on the filial law. I'm really excited about the Illinois Partnership Program for long-term care. It's basically a partnership between long-term care companies and the state of Illinois okay. to help people understand that it's important to realize that you need to take care of your own long-term care. Medicare is not going to cover most of it. Uh, your Medicare supplements not going to cover most of it, and most people end up paying for their care themselves out of their pockets. Okay. So and it's self-funded. It's self-funded. Mm -hmm. The biggest payer of Medicare in the country is Medicaid. Biggest payer of what? Of long-term uh, long care, care in okay. the country is Medicaid. Mm. Medicaid will pay for long-term care once somebody depletes all of their assets up to $2,000. Did you get that, everybody? What was that mean? You have to deplete what? You have How to deplete all your assets up to $2,000 and then the Medicaid will come in and pay for your long-term care. Right. And, and however, and this is a lot of topics on that, however, who accepts Medicaid? What are the kind of places that accept Medicaid? Because Medicaid pays less than a private pay, um, most places that are nursing homes or assisted living facilities um, will only accept a certain percentage of their patients as Medicaid patients okay. uh, because they cannot, in fact, um, in Illinois, just this last month, 20 nursing homes closed their doors. Really? really? Oh my gosh. Because Holy. they were being funded mostly by Medicaid patients and they couldn't afford to stay open oh based, on, based on what Medicaid oh was paying. Oh my gosh. So, um, mm -hmm. so it's most people don't realize it, but uh, long-term care is very expensive. Yes. And then once you deplete your money down to $2,000, Medicaid will come in at that time, and you won't be able to pass on anything to your family members. And right? you had said it at uh, the continuing education course that I, I took at your place, that in, um, if you own your own long-term care, you're generally guaranteed, or if you have like a private room, it, it's all good. But when you're on Medicaid, there's like four to a room. It's like dormitory style, where you have four people in the confines of this room, and you don't get to choose your location. It's whatever bed opens up, it could be anywhere, right? Here, it could be in. Do I actually assign that? Wow. That's, or is it, is it an assignment or is it a... That's the bad news. The bad news is, is if, you're, if you are in a place today 
if you're in assisted living and you're happy, or if you're in a nursing home and you're happy, and you run out of money because you paid privately, and it's very expensive for long-term care today, but if you run out of money, um, the facility has an option of either allowing you to stay there and accepting what Medicaid is gonna pay, or actually asking you to leave oh and go to a Medicaid facility because they can't have more than maybe 10% right. of their... So my dad lives in a uh, independent living facility right now and here in Glendale, a great one, uh, Chestnut Square. And it was really interesting. So he's got a unit that's sort of a corner unit. We, and we'll talk in other episodes, or we have talked, we, get a, we did a two bedroom because we, we were trying to look forward and say, what's right. gonna happen? It wasn't because one of us was gonna go live with him. Right. I mean, ideally. Um, but anyways, there was this really nice lady that my dad really enjoyed. One day, she was gone, Ron. I'm being facetious. He, she was gone, my dad's going, I don't know what happened to her. And of course, because of HIPAA, no one's gonna tell you what happened. Mm -hmm. One day she's there, and one day she's not. And it wasn't, they was taken out on an ambulance. I mean, it was, that was clear. Mm -hmm. And it was like, she ran out of money. I mean, I didn't have to, I know she ran out of money, she had to leave because that's- That's horrible. It's, it's terrible because you get this, you know, think about that. If my dad had to leave that place right now, I would just feel, I mean, if you don't have the money, you don't have the money, but, oh my gosh. Anyways. So 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 how do people solve that quandary? On one hand, uh, the perception is that meta, that long-term care is really, really, expen really, really expensive, so that you don't want to go out in search of it. On the other hand, uh, I understand that there's a wide spectrum of long-term care that you can get. I mean, if you wanted to buy a policy that would provide some help with the activities of daily living, it was, so I'm gonna say around $25 an hour to have someone come into your home and take care of you, right? right. To take care of the toileting, washing, bathing, food, transportation. So if you needed someone that, if, you, if all you could afford was $75 a day, and I know that this is a hard question for you to answer because there's so many different carriers, like what is the bare minimum we can, we can help people with just to get their foot in the door so that you can have at least something in terms of long-term care? Because some, something's better than nothing. That's true, that's true. Um, whatever you can get, in a, in a long-term care plan, whatever you can afford basically is, is what we go by. And if you can afford to get a plan that gives you $2,000 a month, that could be enough to keep you at home a little bit longer before you might have to go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. um, the key, I believe the key is to, um, uh, to think ahead, to not wait until it's too late. You're you know, your health really fails, right. um, or wait until your, your assets have been depleted mm -hmm. to think about why, well, maybe I should get, you know, a long-term care policy. Right. When I was driving here today, um, I was on the highway and I went over a number of potholes and my car just went flying in. And I'm thinking, you know, why couldn't those, why couldn't the city take care of that? Why couldn't, right. you know, why do I have to, and Why do I have to pay five figures a year in property taxes to drive over potholes? Like something's wrong with this. And the analogy came to me is that a long-term care plan is like paving the road for yourself before you get there, right. and and making sure that that if you do have a health condition um, and you need long-term care, that you've already planned for sure. that, and that road is paved before you get there. Mm -hmm. So that was the analogy that yeah, I like. Yeah. That's a good. That's good. And so two thousand dollars a month is five days a week care, maybe uh, you know hundred bucks a day. So we're talking four hours a day, five days a week, right? So. 
it, I don't, I'm going to ask you this question. If you can't answer it, that's fine. But what does a policy like that cost broadly? Is it $75 a month? Is it $400 a month? Like, how do we, like, what does it cost to get started? That's a great question. Um, <clears throat> the price is going to depend on your age. Okay. It's going to depend on your gender. Right. Uh, females are being charged more money today, about 40 to 50% more. Because because they, most, if you go to assisted living facility or, or a nursing home today, um, you'll find about 70% of it is, is women. Exactly right. And the ratio, that's exactly Women right. take care of the men. Men usually, you know, will, will, will go first. And then the woman is left in a situation where he, she has to take care of herself. Right. So uh, we're seeing the, mm. the insurance companies are charging more for women now. Right. Just for that, right. So the gender is important. The age is important. The health is important. If, if someone has really bad health right now, they may not be able to get a policy. So you have to go through underwriting. You have to be approved. Okay. And so the price is going to depend on all those factors. Right. I couldn't give you a, a okay. side price. Right. You know, that's... Uh, comparison, because most people have had have touched this issue of health insurance because of the Affordable Care Act, that's the ACA as we're going to refer to it. Um, you don't have to worry about health questions anymore, do you? Right. And that's this is this is people think so. You don't have to in the old days. Right. If you had a health condition, you know, me as an insurance agent um, advising a client would say, be very careful before you change, you know, don't have a lapse of coverage. Today, that doesn't happen in health insurance. And they can't ask the question, okay? It's, and, and which is a great thing. You know, it's, it's uh, no evidence of insurability and coverage for everybody. When I say that, I mean, they just can't underwrite, okay? Can't okay. pick the cream of the crop. Long-term care and disability, I know, is the same way. You can, and they will. And that's why it's a it's so a long term cure. They can take the cream of the crop, so they only want the people who are healthy, healthy. and not going to use it, right? They can say no to the policy, right? They can actually turn down if they have a health condition mm -hmm. too serious, About correct? Thirty five percent of the people that apply do not get a policy. Wow, that's um, odd. I didn't realize that. At my desk, because I have all the insurance companies available, I can usually find a home for every for situation. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you're if a person's in a situation right now where they're uh, they have mobility problems right. or they have something like uh, Parkinson's disease or dementia, they're not going to be able to get a policy. Right. So you have to really pave that road while you're healthy. So you have to do, you have to be pre-dementia, pre-Parkinson's, <laughs> pre-diabetes, right. pre-like everything. Right. So if you had to say a sweet spot in terms of age, and I, I know, again, there's so many different varying circumstances, but would you say that if you were 40 and you've got a long-term care policy, that it would be much more affordable than if you were 51 or 49. Is this one of these things where like younger is better? I mean, no, I, 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 I would say that. I would say that you, you would get it whenever you can, as healthy as you can. That's okay. um, of course, it's better as young as you can because it is based on on age. Mm -hmm. But uh, you want to you want to look into this when you're as healthy as possible. Right. Could I get a policy for like my 21 year old son or my 19 year old? Is that possible? They have policies that, that go uh, all the way down to age 18. Wow, that's right. cool. And, and but the, what's interesting though is, and we'll talk a little bit about where the journey of insurance companies have gone, um, is uh, guarantees. You know, you get someone who's 18 years old and say, oh, that price is gonna be locked in forever is not really what we're talking about because um, it doesn't really exist because they're trying to predict this. Is that true or is that not true? We have 
uh, some plans that are guaranteed. Okay. To never change in price. Okay. We have plans that in the past have gone up substantially, but what the industry found is that they miss really understood how many people were going to actually hold on to their plans. Right. Um, when long-term care insurance companies first started issuing plans, they put into their pricing that a good number of people were going to end up giving up their plan, not paying for it, and just saying, I, you know, I, I'm going to, I don't want the policy anymore. That did not come out to be true. What happened is less than 1% of people that have ever bought a long-term care have ever given it up, less than 1%. And that's why insurance companies have had to have price increases right. for the plans that were priced Incorrect too cheap. Because on the other side, a, a term policy, 98% of the policies go, like let people just let them go. Right. So they know that for the most part, everybody, without exception, is going to let that long term. Right. When you say term, you're talking about life insurance. Term, term life insurance. insurance. Right. Okay. So the insurance companies came in with a preconceived idea saying there's just no way people are going to pay 500 bucks a month for all these years. You know, at least 80% are going to let their policies lapse and we're going to just keep the money. When, when in fact it was 99% of the people kept on paying their Interesting. All right, so listen, we're, we're at the end of the, the first 20-minute segment. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back with Ron from uh, Resource Brokerage, and we'll be right back. How to get a hold of you? Get a hold of me. Uh, Billy Oliveri, 847-686-4800, Seneca Capital Management. And Matt Barrafato, the Elephant Hunter, at matt at elephanthunting.net. 